Hey, this is Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. So this is Q&A number 73, January 4th, 2022. This is made for my Facebook virtual coaching group. Uh, once a week, I love to do a Q&A to cover all the questions that come in from training videos, competition videos, and just questions getting ready for next week's competition, etc. So um, first of all, I want to tell everybody Happy New Year's. I hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas and New Year's with family, friends, and your four-legged babies. Um, this week's challenges, I went ahead and started the challenges back. So the skill challenge for this week is figure eights or figure eights with a snap. So um, you will see the videos for them. And you can do the figure eights multiple ways, depending on if your horse is a hot or hyper horse or a laid back horse or possibly an open horse um, or even a novice horse that needs to do it a little different. So if you're on a young horse or a hot horse, you're going to want to just do the figure eights, maybe big and small and do it more for position and timing. I definitely would work on doing it slower for the hotter horse. You can stay at a walk or a trot. Um, for the younger horse, it can teach simple transition transition lead changes. Um, it's really good for the rider to work on their timing and position. So, you know, you get to work on the straight lines of your go cue uh, between the barrels for the figure eight. You set up two barrels for these figure eights. Or you could work with no barrels. You could just do it in your head or with cones or a pole or whatever works for you. And then you'll rate before you go into the circle part of your figure eight. Um, and as you feel your horse collect, then you're going to want to shape your horse where you get their nose, pick up their shoulder, soften their rib cage. And whenever you can pick up a shoulder, you're automatically going to get the hip in. So whenever I get the shoulder up and the ribs out, I know my hip is going to be in pivot foot under for that horse. And you want to use give and take pressure. It's really important that you give that rein cue back. So many people hold and don't drive and you have to shape at spot one, then drive to spot two, shape at spot two, and then drive to spot three. And that's really important and important to look at your quarter turns, maybe even have some weight in your outside stirrup and hip as you use your inside hand and leg together as you shape and release. Um, so figure eights is a wonderful drill for those of you that are more advanced or trying to get your young horses to have a little more coordination. You can do it with the snap out. So you really use your inside hip and outside leg and let them snap out of the turn. So it's easy in, hurry out and you'll go in wider, come out tighter, like five, four, three or four, three, two, that kind of thing. Um, the uh, mindset drill for this week our mindset challenge is going to be, and I posted a podcast in there, it's going to be the breathing drill, but you're going to do it on the back of your horse now. Many of you have practiced the breathing and meditation drill of breathing in for five and out for 10 and um, <clears throat> really learning how to meditate and clear your mind and just get focused in on maybe a focal point. If you're on your horse, it might be your horse's mane or in this case, we're going to be walking perfect five to ten foot circles on your horse one-handed so you're going to be looking a quarter turn ahead really working on your breathing in and out calmly 
and just loose one rein, um, one hand on the rein, and that's it, walking those perfect circles. And you can do them about 20 each direction. As you're breathing calmly and right and relaxed, your quarter turns, pay attention to your horse becoming more relaxed, more supple, more fluid, and more correct. And just this is a great drill. It will come in handy for both of you right before you compete, whether you're in a holding pen or sitting by the alleyway waiting to make your run. It's going to be a great mindset for both you and your horse to relax and clear your mind and get focused. And um, circles, walking small circles always helps the horse relax, um, especially if you do it one-handed and your mind is clear and relaxed as well. So that will be your challenges for this week. Um, I did a 16-minute podcast I'd love for you to listen to on the 10 things that I can teach you. Um, with TLC clinics, lessons, and in the virtual coaching group. And if there's any of those 10 things that you haven't um, felt like you've learned enough, check out the members only page. Um, One of you messaged me this week that you had trouble getting into the members only page. Remember, you can't just click on the website link that I share to you. You have to copy and paste it into your browser and then go to the members only page and then type in the user's name and the password Um, and then it will work. But if you just try to click on the link from Facebook, um, it's not going to open up the members only page. You have to copy and paste it to a a browser. And that's really easy to do. You just right click for most things or everybody pretty much knows how to copy and paste. If you don't, I'll try to help you with that as well. Um, So anyways, uh, the other podcast I did, which I'd love for you to listen to it, I'm going to touch on those briefly today. But um, this other one was how I tune up barrel horses for the different styles. It literally was 25 minutes, but I have a topic I want to talk about today. And with everything combined, it was too much to put into one Q&A. So it's 25 minutes on the different styles and issues or concerns that can come up on the pattern and how I would tune up for them. So that's a good one if you want to listen to that too. It's called Tune Up for Barrels, Different Styles, I think I put on there. It's a 25-minute podcast, so that's a good one to listen while you're driving or doing chores or whatever. Um, The topic today is going to be body languages of horses. They do talk to us if we will listen, and I'm going to cover that today. Um, You know, maybe the top 10 things you should know already about horses, especially if you ride and compete on them. You're probably aware of most of these, but I just want you to think a little bit more in depth on it um, because our connection to our horses is what really bonds us and team builds our relationship for anything that we're doing, whether it's working cows or trail riding or competing in barrels and any other event. Um, In the group, pay attention to the video tips. Remember on Tuesday, Mondays, I'm always going to ask you how you did, if you've got any personal bests or wins from the weekend. Also, I'll mention any skills or mindset challenges on Monday. Tuesdays, I will post the Q&A and also a groundwork video. Uh, last week, it was trailer loading on a go forward cue for groundwork. So I hope you enjoyed that video. This week, I'll be doing a cookie and... Um, a cookie neck stretch video on the ground that you can do for your horses, as well as leg stretching. Um, those are all important things you could do every time you work with your horse to keep them more supple and help prevent injury. Also, lengthen their emotions and, and just overall make sure they're feeling good and healthy. Uh, just like you would stretch before you ride or compete or work out. 
So um, let's see here. The uh, Wednesday is the uh, dry work or drill video tips. Last week I put in there spirals, and so I hope you watch that. Um, this week I will be doing a loose rain circle video tip. Um, I think that's really important. Um, and then uh, last week was first barrel um, for Thursday's video tip um, on things to think about, uh, like your approach to first, um, coming to first from the alleyway or rate on the first barrel or just different things that can happen in first barrel and how to deal with first barrel. And then this week I'll be talking about second barrel. I'll post that video on Thursday. So at any point in time during the week, you want to send me a video to review and critique for you, training or competition, uh, please do so. I did about seven today for members from the weekend. Um, so that's really good. Um, we uh, had a few members get out there for New Year's and go to some barrel races. And uh, I do have a few shout outs to do. Uh, Michaela and China huge improvements. I mean, literally in four months, you've gone from a horse that was super disrespectful. You couldn't even do a circle correctly to now you're trotting a pretty pattern and loping a pretty circle. So congratulations to you for working hard with China and getting progress. Um, Martine took Pistol and Shawnee to their first super show. And while you weren't perfect each day, you won some 40 money on Pistol. Shawnee had a nice run and they got exposure and experience in a super show setting in Ocala, Florida. So congratulations. Uh, Nancy and Earl, you just get better every single time you go to that livestock pavilion, uh, beating your own personal record each time. You did catch barrels this time, but your times were faster and they're easy fixes on what went wrong. So that's a good thing. And same with your mare too. You're still working on getting that first barrel every time, but she did have some personal best times and uh, ran faster than she did last time there. So you're definitely making progress there. Um, let's see here. Callie, super proud of you. Kaylee, Kaylee and Jesse went to the River Ranch Rodeo, their very first rodeo performance. Um, and actually was about one second off the fastest time for the first time there, rode in the grand entry, and he handled it great. The run was super pretty. And also congratulations on year in for MBHA District. You just found out you were in the top 10 for the Open 2D and 3D and the youth as well. So that's awesome. Um, Angela and Buster, even though Buster's uh, had to have a surgery on his leg and he's healing right now, super excited for you because you ended the year on a good note as 3D champions for your MBHA uh, district, uh, South Florida, and you were also in the top five in the 2D Open as well, so congratulations to you there. Um, let's see here. We have about 13 names on the December personal best drawing, which I will be doing tomorrow. So if anybody has had a personal best, um, be sure to get that to me. Uh, it can be for the month of December or if you met your goal for 2021, um, please let me know about it. I'll be doing the drawing for the prizes on Tuesday and um, Tuesday afternoon. So just let me know. Um, we had some good ones on there. Um, Mac finished as the 1D Youth Champion. Uh, Vanessa and Hunter did wonderful. Um, been running 1D times. Um, there's just a lot of really good ones. Gigi been running uh, uh, her personal best in the 1D as well in New York. And 
Uh, Rachel finished great in New York for her year end. Uh, Peggy and Gunner got that 22nd run they've been looking for in the polls. There's just a really a lot of good ones. Nancy, Martine, Kaylee, Angela, um, Kelly on JLo in Tennessee, placing in the 2D with like 536 entries. So just a lot of really good runs. Um, Kat and Quincy. So uh, Christina Mega. Um, there's a lot of good ones. So I put you all down for the personal best drawing. And if there was any more, please let me know about them. And um, so now I'm going to go ahead and go into the Q&A. Uh, there's only a couple questions before I get into the topic. Um, the first question was, um, I'm I'm really competitive and I just feel frustrated when things don't go good. And um, here, here's something I want to say to you guys. Um, there's a lot of people, not a lot of people, but there's people right now that wish they could run because their horse is hurt and they can't or they're hurt and they can't or they'll never get to run their horse again because it had to retire or whatever are your young horses old now and they don't clock like they used to and there's a lot of people that wish they could be out there doing what you're doing so um, I know you're grateful and you're thankful for every run you get on your horse and I know you are competitive or you wouldn't be doing this but I can tell you this from experience because I'm the same way if someone says to you hey great run just say thank you I used to say thank you but and then I'd go on about something I could have did better but the thing is somebody else is looking up to you somebody else wishes they would have ran the time you just ran and if you're not humbled and happy and proud of that run you could possibly make them feel even worse about their run, especially if their time was slower than yours and you're not satisfied or not happy. So if someone pays you a compliment, just say thank you. And also know that the industry is tougher than I've ever seen it. And I've been in this for since I was eight years old, but the last 30 years, serious as an adult. And, um, it's, you know, you see more $100,000 horses, you, the bloodlines, the training, um, it's just the numbers, the actual amount of top really nice horses out there. Um, it's just amazing to me how competitive it has become. So understand that don't try to beat whoever's there. Um, just try to be your own personal best and realize it's never going to be apples to apples. It's never going to be keeping up with the Joneses, you know, um, it's just never going to be that way. But what you've got to also understand is that even the best, look at the best people in your state or your district or your area, and they don't win every single weekend. They, you just don't see the same people win every single weekend. Um, or they have a bad run and they shake it off, they learn from it, and then they improve the next day, you know, or they tune up and improve the next weekend. So that's how the best do it. They, you know, rest their horses when they need rest, they get them doctored when they need to be doctored, they um, tune up when they need to tune up, and they let it go if it was just an off run and they, they make the next one count. And, um, and so just remember that as well. So I just wanted to say that, and I 100% understand we're competitive or we would just trail ride. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where, um, just remember though, there's other people that are looking up at you and thinking, wow, you know, that she's doing awesome and, and just, 
just keep that in mind as well, or just really wish they could be out there doing what you're doing right now and can't, their situation doesn't allow it. So, um, so I just wanted to say that. And then uh, the next question was, how can I change my bad habits of looking at the barrel, um, and my hands? So I'm going to tell you three things that I think are really important here. And this is no matter what you're dealing with, whether you're not riding to your spots or you're not using your body and legs or maybe you're handsy, whatever it is, just there's three rules you have to keep in mind. Number one, repetition, repetition, repetition. The more you do something, the better you get at it. Now, I'm not saying go bore your horse to death and do the pattern a hundred times over, but do things like while well, you're out in the pasture on a trail ride that improve you and your horse's relationship with cues, you know, leg laterals, face flexing, um, you know, go around a tree or a bush, just mimic riding to your quarter turns, do those kind of things, get it in your muscle memory. You can do dry work, you can do drills, you can do the barrels slow, you can mix it up. But do a little something every day. Practice every day. If you can't get on your horse and ride 30 minutes every day, then practice in your mind for 30 minutes while you're walking or working out or or driving down the road. Visualize yourself riding correctly. Um, everything will start to be positive. You have to, number three, that was number two. Number three, you have to give yourself some grace and you have to know that you already are ahead of the game. You already know what it is that you're doing wrong. You know, a lot of people are out there making mistakes and have no clue what they're doing wrong. They're just doing it wrong and over and over and over. But you have the fortune of already knowing what it is um, that's wrong and how to fix it. And now you just have to do the repetition and the practice. And then the, 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 that will get you the confidence and the consistency that you're looking for. So keep those things in mind. And um, just know that that's how things will get better. Um, so as I go into this topic, I am starting a personal best for January. So don't forget to send me um, any personal best you had for January as well. We are in 2022 now. So and also don't let New Year's and all those things just get in your head where you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Write yourself down your goals, write yourself down the things you want to do, but just work at one thing at a time, you know, make a schedule. It helps keep you accountable, you know, whether that's ride 30 minutes a day and exercise 30 minutes a day, whatever it is that's going to help you stay on track um, and, and get stronger and do better. Um, you know, but obviously life's going to keep happening. There's going to be ups and downs and, um, you just gotta, you know, be realistic, you know, with, with life and, and all that, but keep working hard, um, and believing in yourself and things will come together. So the topic today, equine body language, horses will talk to us, but we definitely need to listen. So, um, first let me say that you, you've got to know your horse and not all horses are the same. Spend time watching them, watch how they, they eat, watch how they rest, watch how they play, um, watch how they ride at home, know how they ride at home, how they behave when you lunge them, know what's normal for them. That way when a problem does arise or they act different when you're not at home, you know how to handle it. Um, number two, feeling bad. That's important to know when your horse isn't feeling right. Most of us know our horses so well, and we know the little things like if they're not eating or laying down or looking at their belly or pawing or maybe lifting their lip. 
Um, those are all things that could tell us they're not feeling well, but it can also be standing off alone instead of being with the other horses or maybe having their head down low and maybe um, limping or a hot hoof or a swollen leg, maybe sweating when none of the other horses are sweating or breathing hard, nostrils flaring, sides heaving, um, really knowing your horse's ears and eyes if they look different droopy or or closed um or are they acting hyper in the saddle sometimes that can be an indication of not feeling good they just want to get it over with or get you off of them they could be swishing their tail or chewing on the bit or cinchy when you go to tighten their girth and biting at you um so those are all things that could be indications that they're not feeling good and they're trying to talk to you and tell you. And if you don't listen, it becomes a yell and a scream. So pay attention and take care of them. Uh, the third thing is they could actually become very depressed. Horses, I've seen horses be sold. My own horses, I, I, I don't sell horses because I swear we get too attached. My horses are attached to me and my herd. Um, a couple of times I've tried to send my horses off with friends or clients and they end up coming back because they'll literally stop eating and get depressed and lose weight and um, they end up back with me. So, you know, horses will give up if they lose a, a pasture buddy or they lose a family that they, uh, their person, um, you know, or horses can just be sick and, and find themselves off alone with their head down and their eyes closed in the corner of a stall or in the pasture, um, just kind of like turning their butt to the world with no energy for food or buddies or anything. So pay attention to all those kind of things. You know, horses, just like people, build bonds and they don't like change. So um, number four is their ears and their eyes is really where their attention is. And I try to get riders to pay attention to that, especially like when you go to get on or when you're in the saddle. If the horses have two ears forward on something, their attention's on where their ears are, which means they're not paying attention to you. So where their ears are is where their attention goes. I prefer one on me at all times. So if I'm going to get on, I make a little contact with my inside rein, that my left rein as I go to get on on my left side. And make sure they've got an ear on me and I say, whoa, so they know I'm swinging my leg over so they don't move off or not paying attention. Same thing when I'm riding them. If they're going to spook or something, I might do a circle and, or do a lateral face flexion and get their nose. And you'll notice as soon as you bump the rein, their ear will come back to you. And that's what you want. You want their attention on you. So learn to read their ears, um, where their ears are, their eyes are. Know that they have blind spots as well. Um, but again, the eyes are literally where the ears are pointing. So pay attention to that. Um, number five, um, before it gets dangerous for them or you, it's extremely important that you um, are aware of these things that could be a concern. For instance, a horse that puts their head up or is snorting or blowing, a horse that's flinching when you groom them, they may kick at you or bite at you. Um, accenti. So remember when you do groom your horses, that's an indication that they could be in pain if they're acting that way. Um, you know, depending on where it is, it could be ulcers, it could be back pain, it could be muscle pain, it could be cinchiness. Remember to always tighten your girth in increments of three. 
Um, don't just suck it right up unless you want to make a horse cinchy or teach them to sit back at the trailer. Try to do it in a polite way. Barely touch their skin. Walk them five feet, tighten it again, and then maybe tighten it again before you get on or, or after you get done trotting, whatever. But try not to just over tighten your cinch right off the bat. All those things are important. Um, if you have a horse you don't know, lend them before you get on. Make sure there's no buck or rear or spook in them. Connect to their brain from the ground before you swing that leg over. A lot of things on the ground can really get a horse's mind connected to you. And by controlling their hoof placement, having them going left, right, forward, backwards, just getting them focused on you is a really important thing to get them out of that flight mode and get them on their thinking side of their brain. So number six, um, know what's good for your horse. Know, um, know when they're relaxed or maybe when they have a release from a pressured situation. Um, maybe you'll notice they lick and chew or cock a leg when they're relaxed or they'll walk on a loose rein when they're relaxed. Also know their hot, their favorite spots where they like to be rubbed, maybe under their belly or under their jaw, um, maybe the base of their ears. Um, every horse has their favorite, favorite thing. So just really um, know what is a sign that they're happy and they're releasing from uh, a pressure as well, like the lick and chew. I always say when you give a horse a cue and then they release the pressure, like say when you're gating in the alleyway or something and they cock a leg or lick and chew, that tells you that they're starting to settle and releasing that pressure. Um, so those are all important things. Um, number seven, horses will talk to you. They get their own little quirks. We all know our own personal horses. When Briscoe wants a treat, she comes in the barn and flops her lips at me and literally makes a little noise like with her own lips. And I know she wants a treat. That's how spoiled she is. When Rocky wants attention from me or anybody who shows up at the barn, he um, nickers or he bangs his door until someone walks over and greets him. Of course, I had to tell people to please ignore him because he thinks he's a people trainer now. And of course, sister, she will nicker for food or uh, she's also thinks she's chief in charge of alerting us when there's a problem. So if ever she thinks there's a um, something going on on the property that shouldn't be, she'll be the first one to run and start winning and, and let me know there's a problem. Um, often you'll see horses paw at their water tank and you'll walk over and you'll see that there's something in there, maybe a rat or a squirrel, or maybe the water tank is empty and they, they're smart. They try to tell us, Hey, look, I'm not drinking this water. You need to come deal with this, you know? And, and, um, you know, if you don't have a, a stick in there for a squirrel to get out, you know, I've seen drowned squirrels in the water tanks and the horses can't drink that. So they'll stand there and paw at it. And you know, that's not normal for your horse. So you go over and look and lo and behold, there it is. So, um, so what I want you to pay attention to is the fact that, uh, horses talk, they talk all the time with body language. So we are very vocal creatures. Um, but horses know oftentimes what we are feeling and thinking before we do that's why they can be hard to catch sometimes um because you go to them in a, in a a state of maybe uptight or in a hurry um they sense that when you come that's why catching a horse by marrying them often works with the applied 
apply a step and then release and apply a step. So, you know, if you try to catch a horse in a pasture walking sideways next to them or backing off, you can draw them to you versus going at them straight. Those are all different signs of ways to communicate with a horse and, um, and just pay attention to it. I mean, there's nothing more exciting than having a bond with your horse that you can, um, communicate with them. That's why I think a lot of people enjoy Liberty training um, and doing a lot of stuff on the ground at Liberty because all of those things like obstacle courses and such are all great team building efforts between you and your horse and um, they build trust and um, communication of cues and just overall getting to know your horse and and what kind of pressure they can handle and and how they like it released and all of that. So keep those things in mind. Um, I mentioned earlier that um, in the podcast, I did a 16-minute podcast on things I can help you with. I'm going to touch on them briefly right now. Number one is equipment and care, nutrition. Um, so often at clinics and uh, lessons, I'll see bits upside down or the chin strap in the wrong place or rein length is wrong or stirrup length is wrong. Um, maybe a saddle doesn't fit correctly. Maybe people don't understand nutrition and aren't feeding their horse to the best of, of um, what would, you know, be right for them or maybe the proper care of warm up and cool down and, and um, you know, just all of that cold hosing and such. Um, those are all things. Uh, number two would be improving the rider's cues and the horse's foundation. Um, those are so, so important. Um, you know, the five cues that riders have to communicate with their horse, the five body parts of a horse you want to be able to control to connect to their brain and, and be able to put their hooves where you want them, uh, hoof placement. So number three are the drills to improve performance. Um, Number four are the TLC spots and arc and how important they are that you get to them and know where they are and how, how you should position your horse and communicate with your horse to get to them. Um, and each horse might have a little bit different one as far as arc goes from five feet to 15 feet or a, a spot around the barrel from three feet to five feet. Um, number five is the proper warm up for your horse, whether you have a hot horse or a laid back horse I can teach you that um number six cues for go rate and turn and shape those are all very important cues and the key is is to ask your horse and then let them do their job uh, so often riders will do their job for them they'll pull on them in the turns or um, miscommunicate they'll sit down but then they'll get back up and they should still be sitting down or those kind of things um, they'll shape them but they don't release them they just hold uh, all those things are, are really important. Uh, number seven, mental game, um, breathing, focus, meditation, visualizing, all those things I can help you with. Uh, number eight, shaving tents off your time. Just changing where you rate your horse or your position around the barrel where you have two strides of rate and two strides around each barrel. All those things are so important for shaving valuable tents off. Maybe you're not firing hard enough out or rating down too soon. Um, all of those things are taking too much pocket around it. Uh, number nine, 
tuning up on the pattern, um, whether it be straighter, longer, in and outs, or working one barrel at a time from barrel to barrel. All those things are things that I can teach you when and why you should do it. Uh, and then finally, number 10, the perfect pattern slow. Um, the best barrel racers I know, um, if they go to the barrels to do a tune-up, it's at a walk or a jog. They know that the muscle memory will come from the slow work. And it also shows your horse what you want. And um, and that's all you need. You don't have to make or waste runs on a horse because, you know, there's only so many runs before they have to be retired because they've got arthritis or they've got an injury or whatever. So you don't want to waste runs on a horse. Um, the 25-minute podcast I talked about with tuning up the different styles on the barrels, um, that's a good one. Um, I like when I'm training my horses in the beginning to teach them to all be four-wheel drive. Um, and I want them to focus and I want them to kind of do their job. Um, you know, I, I want to show them how to do their job and then trust them to do it. And of course, in the beginning, you know, it's definitely 80, 20, I'm doing most of it, but as they progress, it becomes 60, 40. And then one glorious day, it is finally 50, 50. I ask them to go, they go, I ask them to rate, they rate, I ask them to turn, they turn, and I don't do it for them. They do it for themselves. So um, really as important to me is that you focus on your horse's strengths and their weaknesses as they're progressing from a novice horse to an open horse. And if they're developing a certain style and it's efficient, then you go with that. Um, I obviously would like them to be four-wheel drive and a little bit of softness in them. Um, lightness, responsiveness, all that's important. But there are lots of drills you can do with a horse, number one, to help them improve on the barrel pattern. Um, you absolutely want to have a solid foundation before you go to the barrels. Um, number two, give and take is so important. Give and take is what's going to teach them to be 50-50 and to think for themselves and pay attention to position and where their feet should be. And it teaches them to, that you're going to ask them and then you're going to trust them to do their job. Number three, you have to treat every single one as an individual. Um, number four, absolutely um, the horse that has a lot of rate, I'm going to want to work big circles around the barrels. Number five, I'm going to, I'm also going to work on fluid, fluidity and flexion on that horse that has a lot of rate um, and keep them a little bit more fluid. The horse that's a free runner, number five, I'm going to want to work maybe spirals and collection and transition things like the D pattern um, and straight work, uh, collection transitions, uh, straight or circle work. Number six, um, if I have a horse who's rollbacky and it's a strength, it's actually a really awesome way that they run and compete during the week, though, I'm not going to let them do that because they could start stalling or hitting barrels. If I go push them deep, they could stall. If I back off too soon, they get hit. So I'm going to work on flex and fluidity, perfect circles during the week. The horse that overbends, number seven, I'm going to ride that horse more two hands during the week. I'm going to work on riding their hind in around the, the barrel. Um, and I'm going to, um, going to try not to get any bend in that head and that neck. 
and I'm going to really focus on shoulder control, that horse, I might do my barrels in a square or I might work squares instead of circles because it's got too much bend. And a horse that gives too much nose can often be a rubbernecker and a butt swinger and you don't want that or they'll rubberneck and let their shoulder or hip float away. So that's um, how I would treat that horse. Number eight, horse that's really on the front end. Um, I might do in and outs um, and I, I may also do circles with a rollback and really focus on elevation with that horse and getting them light on their front end and being able to pick up their shoulders and the in and outs. Number nine, if I have a horse that's one-sided and they real stiff one direction and soft the other, I'll do a lot of in and out, nose in, nose out exercises, kind of like lateral flexion and then counter arcing um, circles. And um, it's just like us, we're not ambidextrous, but we expect our horses to be in competition. So without practicing being ambidextrous, you're not going to become that way. Number 10, if I have a really chargy horse that wants to charge in and stall out or just really hyper, I'm going to work things like um, D pattern where it's easy in, hurry out. Um, and I may not hurry out. I may just make sure we're really relaxed and very collected and calm going in. And then a little bit of a release of pressure coming out. Um, number 11, I may, if I, if I compete two hands between the barrels and one hand around, um, I'm going to practice that way with my babies. Um, I'm going to practice how I compete in my drills and my dry work. I don't want to um, get them dependent on two hands all the time. So I will do some one-handed drills as well. If I compete one-handed, I'm going to do all my work during the week one-handed as well. Um, one-handed riding will tattle on a rider and make sure they're riding with more body and leg and less hands um, and make sure that your eyes are riding to your spots. That's important as well. Um, it just teaches you a lot. And then number 12, um, you got to practice for mistakes. So what would happen if I went to the horn early or if I bumped my horse too much? Um, practice for those mistakes. Go to the horn early and see if you can still ride your horse in the hole. Um, shape your horse or flex them or get their nose a little early and see if their feet will still go straight. If you've done your lateral flexion in straight lines, they should. Um, so again, you got to practice for those situations. If your timing gets off, can you still correct things? Like my up-down drill, that's a good one um, as a warm-up drill. If you're up, your horse needs to stay in four-wheel drive. If you sit down, they need to set their pivot foot. Um, so that's a great warm-up drill that I've shared in the group before and, and will again. Um, so anyways, as I'm uh, finishing up our... Um, discussion for for um the q a for this week i definitely um i like to uh make sure that everybody understands that first and foremost i'm looking for a horse that is soft and responsive basics come first always dry work always drills before the barrels barrels should never ever be first i'm not one who wants to just pattern a horse anybody who's at a top level is knows that foundation has to come first. Um, so I'm going to close by telling you a few things here. First of all, I absolutely love the group. Um, I realize that not all runs are going to be great runs, and I realize that you're competitive and you're not always going to be happy with your runs, but know that I'm going to try to offer you um, 
positives with critiques. If I give you 100% critique, you're going to get really down on yourself. But if I give you 100% positives, you're going to be like, well, you know, what do I do to improve? So I try to find good and bad with each run and not necessarily bad as much as what you're doing well and what you could improve on to do even better. And that's how I want you to look at it as well. Um, so if there's anything you need help with, please reach out to me, ask questions, make suggestions. Um, if there's more I need to know about how your horse is acting in warm-up or alleyway and I don't see because I'm only seeing your runs, um, take pictures of your bits, send those to me. Uh, equipment, uh, your saddles, throw those saddles on without a saddle pad, shoot a photo, um, put your hands under, feel for pressure spots, all of those things. Um, I do want to tell everybody if you refer a friend for the group or clinics or lessons in 2022, you will get half price off for you. So just make sure they tell me that you were, that you referred them and then you'll get a half price off whether it be for a month in the group or a clinic or a lesson, um, because I'm looking to build the group into uh, new people for TLC. I'm hoping to get the group to 150 this year. And number is not as important as it is to me that I'm touching lives and that you want to stay. And that's what I love the most is how long people are staying in the group, because that makes me feel like you're finding it to be beneficial and useful. Um, I'm also looking for regular lessons. Um, I have a lot of lessons, but they're sporadic. So by having regulars, I'll offer a special price. So if you come more than two a month, um, you'll get it for 30 instead of 50. And I can help you advance faster that way because I see you more often. Um, so anyways, um, let's see. I've got a full clinic in January, um, but I've got one coming up in Keystone in February that's got openings and March in Lady Lake. So I'm, um, I think all that's going great. So I'm going to leave you with this final quote for the week. And, um, I noticed this happens a lot. Um, but beginners will often want to skip the basics and get to the advanced stuff. But it's my advanced people that always want to go back to basics. And that's because they know how important they are. So keep that in mind for those of you that are just out there starting. Do not skip the foundation. Do not skip the basics. I know it's more fun to go to compete. I know it's more fun to go fast. But it will cost you by learning things incorrectly. And also... The advanced know that you go back to basics your horse's entire career because what we do is very high adrenaline. It's very forward. So after competition weekends, it's important that we go back and keep those horses' minds relaxed, whether that's a trail ride or a pasture ride or just slow work in the arena and time doing walking and trotting and making sure pilot to co-pilot, all the basics are still working, the brakes, the bend and flex. Um, the fluidity, the flexion, uh, the leads, the, you know, leg laterals, all of those things. Um, so anyhow, just keep that in mind. And as always, ride with heart and God bless everybody. And I look forward to seeing your videos and hearing about your wins. Thank you.